So let us just pray together. O Lord, we hear your word as found in Scripture. Help us to understand this so that our lives may be changed, our hearts renewed. May we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We are now in a new part of our series, our series on the establishment of the church, the community of believers, establishing a community of believers. And we've been looking in three different sections. We've looked at how Jesus visited the disciples after his death and resurrection so as that they would understand the nature of Christ, the power of the resurrected Christ. And last month, we were having a look at how the church was established, that early church was established, with the believers, the disciples being sent by Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled and with courage, and being a community of love, having been loved, can love around. And last week, Kerry kicked us off in this new section of having a look at some of those key concepts of what a Christian community is about, what marks that Christian community. Last week, we had a look at holiness, of being set apart for the purpose of God, not necessarily being special or different but being set apart because God has chosen you to do something. That makes you holy. This week, I'm going to talk about another aspect of the church that we glean from Paul's letters to the Corinthian church. And this is on freedom. Now, have you ever noticed, have you noticed in society today that freedom is actually a really important concept? Have people, you know, personal freedom. This is what I'm talking about. Not, you know, and I think, you know, within our culture, freedom from oppression is really important, and we should be looking at that. And how can we be a part of helping that come about? But what we come across in our Western society, and this is what I'm talking about, our Western society, our church around here, our community around us, is that there is a big notion about personal freedom, and it's really important. No one can tell me what to do. Have you ever come across that? You know, it was really interesting because there's this notion that um, what you believe is okay, but it doesn't have to impact me. And that comes down to personal freedom. But see, the, there's a really important concept we need to understand. And I think we need to understand this in order for our community of faith, who we are, this is New Beginnings, our church being a part of the Uniting Church, our church being a part of the church universal, so that is all the other denominations around that profess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour, we need to understand that personal freedom does not equal doing whatever you like. Personal freedom does not equal doing whatever you like. And that's what people think. 
Personal freedom means that I can do whatever I please. But that's not the case. When we have a look at, uh, you know, if you go into and, and have a look at some research around personal freedom and especially about civil rights and the right of the individual and the right of the world, we start thinking, well, if I want to do something, I, I don't want anybody impinging on me. If you start actually looking into um, human rights and how the state is meant to work, and the state is the government, the country that we live in, it's very interesting when you start getting into the law of all of this. But it actually, when we start talking about this, our basic human right, our basic personal freedoms that we're meant to be able to have is, is that we should be protected from torture and denigration. Anybody think that's important? Fantastic. We should be protected from slavery or forced or compulsory labour. And we as a church... We continue to support organisations like Compassion that help individuals in forced labour, in slavery, in low income where they've got no place and they're indentured families to, a, to an individual, to a company. So this is incredibly important for us, the freedom, the people to have that. They're, they're, and here's an interesting one, you know, Basic personal freedom, basic personal human rights and the freedoms that guarantees a fair trial and an effective remedy in case of breaches of our rights. It ensures the right to liberty, freedom of thought and freedom of expression. I'm sounding very American at the moment now, aren't I? But that's what it is. Protect us from discrimination and prohibit abuse of our rights. Not an exhaustive list by any kind, but this does not mean in any way that we can do merrily anything that we like. We can't do exactly what we pleases us. See, so often in society, if we were to do whatever we like and say, well, I want that car over there, it's not mine, I'm going to take it. That's doing whatever we like, isn't it? Is that correct? Is that morally right? If it is not your property? I just want to take it. It's not. So that's breaking that thing. Personal freedom doesn't mean that you can do whatever you like because you actually live within a community. You live within a society. It also means, and this is really important, that the government cannot necessarily tell us what to think, what to believe in, our religious beliefs, cannot be dictated by our government. We are permitted to think and believe what we like, but we cannot force our beliefs on others as well. This is what it means to have personal freedom. This is what it means to live in a country that says we have human rights and a belief to this personal freedom that we have, but it means that we need to operate within our society. It means that we need to operate within the world that we're around. And believe it or not, this is kind of what Paul is talking about in the same vein that we've had just read to us from 1 Corinthians about freedom within the church in Corinth. See, one of the contentious issues within the church was that of eating food 
that had been sacrificed within the market. Now, we may not have that same contentious issue, but let me tell you, we have other contentious issues, don't we, within the church. We argue about certain things, and one believer will say, it's important that we want this, and another believer goes, no, my freedom and my conscience says I can do this. Notice where we're going? Paul steps in here and says this, you know, and this, this is what the contentious issue was around freedom and around the Christian. It was about what was bought, buying meat in the meat market without questioning where that meat had come from. Just go and buy it because everything belongs to God. Don't question to know exactly where it was or what it had been used for. Just buy it because everything belongs to God. Don't create difficulties unnecessarily. But if a pagan serves food to Christians then what do you do? Eat it without question, without asking, because somebody is offering you hospitality. Reject the meat if you are told that it's actually been sacrificed to an idol. So he says there is some bounds here. Reject that if it's been sacrificed. We also assume that in verse 28 and 29, that's being referred to a Christian who may have a weak conscience. In other words, um, or a pagan who's, who's turned to Christianity and is trying to get rid of their old ways. So they're, they're not um, wanting to do the patterns of behaviour that they once did. Their life is changed. He's saying don't become a stumbling block to those that have an issue with this. Christian freedom must be used to help, not to hurt. So, as you can see, whenever we come within our Christian community, we will have points of difference about certain things, won't we? The only way you will truly get to the point where everybody agrees to, with you on every single topic is when you're by yourself. And that is not Christian community, is it? When you are in community, it means that you are with others. And it means that you will have disagreements, that you won't always agree. You may like one particular style of worship and somebody else likes something else. You might like raising your hand in certain worship songs. And other people go, no, I cannot never do that. Let's not make it a contentious issue around this. We live in community, we live with difference. We live with the freedom that Christ has given us. You know, we live because Christ came, he died, he rose again, he, our sins are forgiven through this, and we have freedom because of that. We have been set free through the works of God. So I want to give you some three principles of freedom in a community of believers. And the first is this, and we get this. We go after the thing that counts. We do the thing that counts. Because what happens? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. I have the right to do everything, you say. 
but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do everything, but not everything is constructive. It gets us to the point. Go after the things that count. Not everything that we do in life is going to be beneficial for you. Not everything you do in life is going to be constructive. How many people, uh, I'm going to bring it down to a very personal kind of thing, how many people have ever, you know, been party to gossip? Anybody? I think there's a couple of people who've gone, yeah. You know, I'm going to give you, actually, it actually comes from Socrates. It's called the triple filter test. That it's really, really good to use when it comes to gossip. So if somebody's coming to you and saying, look, I want to tell you something about such and such, you should run these three tests, these three things, which comes back to this point of we need to seek... Oh, I've gone ahead myself. Go after the thing that counts. There we go. Go back. There we go. go after the things that counts. We need to have a look at that. But see, here's the, here's the triple... Triple things that we need to do, the tests we need to do. So once somebody says, look, I've got something to tell you about X, whoever it is. First of all, ask them, is it true? That'll be a really hard question for them to answer because most often than not, they won't know. Actually, I don't know. I heard it from such and such. It's the nature of what gossip is, isn't it? It just gets passed down. Well, is it true? Well, I don't want to hear it if it's not true. But you've got another test. So if it's not true, what, what's the next test to do? Is it good? Is it uplifting? Is it positive? Is it good news? Generally in gossip, it's not good news, is it? They've done something wrong. I heard from on the grapevine that I don't want to hear it if it's not good. If it's not true, if it's not good, I don't want to hear it. But you've still got one more chance. Is it useful? So is the gospel going to be... Is the gospel... The gospel is very useful. Is the gossip useful? How many people have heard useful gossip? Not many. Not many. Because it doesn't help it's not beneficial, it doesn't give life, it's not true. So if you actually want to hold a test of things that will count and make you work and be beneficial and, you know, everything is possible. Yeah, I can listen to this, I can pass it on. I've got the, I've got the right to do it. But guess what? It's not beneficial, it's not constructive. So when we come to the very nitty-gritty of somebody living in a community. So if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've got this thing about Simon. I heard this the other day. I don't know whether it's true. It's not very good. And guess what? It's going to destroy everything. Do you think you should keep on going with it? The answer is no. You go, well, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be a part of it. Because it's not beneficial. It's not constructive. That's the thing about community, isn't it? We need to go after the things that count. They're expedient, that are helpful, that are profitable. See, I think one of the problems that we have within our world today is that 
that notion of personal freedom, meaning that we can do whatever we like without any consequence, without any recourse. It doesn't matter who we hurt in the process. I think that is the thing that has been destroying our world insidiously. So we need to go after the things that count, that have importance within our lives and within the community around us. The second thing that we have, the second principle of, of being a community of believers around freedom, freedom to be who we are, freedom to go after the thing that counts. Secondly, the freedom to seek the good of others. Notice this, to seek the good of others. No one should seek their own good. This is what Paul's saying to the, the church here. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Pretty clear, isn't it? And this is where he goes into this whole notion around food and looking at this. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions or concern, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising question or conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it both for the sake of the one who told you and the sake of conscience. Notice here, you can eat it because it's, everything belongs to God. But if somebody says, this has been offered to a sacrifice, so somebody else is bringing up an issue here, then don't eat it because it's about the other person. It's about seeking the good for the other person. Yes, you know you can eat it, but they've got an issue with it. So what do you do? Oh, well, I'm going to do whatever I like because I know I'm free. I know I've been saved by Christ. I know I can do whatever I like. No, you go, no. My freedom means that I can, yes I can, but I choose not to do this for the good of the other person. See, I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? Paul's saying that it's, it's not about how you come to this. Yeah, that's important, but it's about how you live within this community of others. It means that we need to be self-aware enough. This is a really important thing for us, that we need to be self-aware enough to know what others around us are feeling on an issue, isn't it? That actually means that you need to have emotional intelligence, that you need to be aware of your situation and how people are behaving and how people are acting. Your actions have consequences, not only for yourself, but those in your family, those in your community, those in your church. Let's make it personal for a minute. I want to ask you this question for yourself. I don't want you to 
raise your hand or say, yes, I, I, this is, this is, it's not a time for confession. We'll have that later. What is it that you do that affects a brother or sister in Christ? What is it that you do that affects a brother and sister in Christ? This is looking at you. Ask yourself that question. Do you have the emotional intelligence? Do you have the spiritual insight to see your patterns of behaviour may actually affect the other people around you? What is it that you do that affects those in your family? Because nobody should seek their own good but the good of others. So we've got two principles so far, haven't we? We've got go for the thing that actually matters, that, that counts. That is the thing that is beneficial, that is profitable, that is going to help. And then we've got seek the good of others. Looking at not just for yourself, yes, you have freedom to do it for yourself, but for the other people, what, what am I doing? Is it going to affect somebody else? Is it going to affect somebody else in our Christian community? And thirdly, the next principle is do it. Seek the glory of God. What you do needs to be working for the glory of God. Let me put it up here on the screen for you. This is what, what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 31 and 33. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, notice this, notice what he's saying. He's, he's taking it from this one point of talking about food within the, Christ, the current community and expanding it. For whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of who? For the glory of God. Do everything for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble whether Jew or Greek or the church of God. Even if I am trying to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. This is so powerful, isn't it? What are we meant to do? Paul sums up his thinking on freedom, the Christian freedom. In this section, he moves from conscience and feelings, rights and freedoms, to brothers and sisters, to something much higher, to the glory of God. Ask yourself this question, your actions, are they seeking the glory of God? So if we go back to that example that I was talking about right in the beginning about, about gossip and whether we perpetuate gossip, is the gossip that you are going to perpetuate, is it seeking the glory of God? I pretty much say it isn't. But as a community of believers, we are to know that we have freedom in Christ, that we have freedom, but in this freedom we are to exercise that in a, in a way that is beneficial to us and beneficial to our walk with God. We are to exercise our freedom that helps and supports those around us and we are to exercise our freedom and seek the glory of God. This actually changes the nature of what it means to be a community that built upon the freedom found in Christ. Yes, we have freedom, but we choose to exercise this freedom in such a way that we will support and sustain fellow believers. 
that we are willing to do this. Support and sustain those who are yet to believe in God. And we are to give glory to God in all things. So let me go back to this personal note on on looking at this for yourself, taking it personally for you. I want you to ask these three questions. Ask these three questions of yourself about an activity, something you do. If you want to really understand what it means for you to live within freedom, but freedom within a community, freedom within your family, and you've got a you've got an activity coming up, something you're thinking about doing. You know, it was, for, for Paul in the Corinthian church, it was about whether to eat food from the market, knowing that it may, may not have been sacrificed to, to an idol. If you go and find out that it is sacrificed to an idol, what are you meant to do? Not eat it. If somebody says, that's been sacrificed to an idol, what are you meant to do? Not eat it. So if you're made aware that this has been used in a way that's not appropriate for furthering your belief, then don't do it. But if you just go into the market and buy meat, then eat it because it's the Lord's. But let's just take this to you personally. Let's take it out of meat sacrifice and eating those kind of things. Let's bring it to you, bring it home to you. What is it in your life? Pick an example. Deciding to go to church or not. What food we eat. What hobby we might have. Whether we think this friendship is good. You know, the, the examples could be anywhere. If we, but they need to be for you. They need to be within your life. And you need to ask these three questions. Ask these three, use these three words. Is what I'm going to do permissible? So does it work within scripture? Is it permissible for me to do this? Does it work within society as well? Is it permissible within society? Next, ask the question, is it beneficial? Is it going to help me? Is it going to help others? Sometimes when we come down to it, you know, the, the only point that it's ever going to do is benefic- benefit you, but it actually destroys others around you. Is it constructive? So ask your questions. Is it permissible? Is it beneficial? Is it constructive? These are three important questions that we need to ask ourselves. So that we may know whether our actions, our behaviours are actually working for the purpose of God. See, as a Christian community, we are set aside for God's purpose. We are to be holy. As a Christian community, we have freedom, but we exercise it in a way that is beneficial to all. And next week... We're going to be looking at what does it mean to be a Christian community that has unity, that comes together as one, even when we may have differing opinions about things. So let us just pray together. Our Lord God, we ask to die. that you help us understand what it means to be free, what it means to be changed and renewed. But Lord, help us to understand what it means to have freedom with responsibility, freedom with purpose. 
freedom that is constructive for ourselves and those around us. Our Lord God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit today really opens up that notion for us and that we can sing, we can worship and our lives may be changed because of this notion of being free in Christ. That we are free to be a community that supports and encourages one another. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.